throw it. Okay. Here goes. Oh my god. Somebody just threw a frozen rope from the bleachers to home plate. That's got to be 435 feet. Duncan! Bring me that arm! Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan, and today we have no Greg. But uh, you know what they say, when you when you lose a Greg, you gain a Petros. And, and that's what we've got today. So very special guests from uh, the Caged In pod and the Coppola Connections pod and potentially even more. I, I feel like I'm, I don't have a full grasp of all of the spinoffs. But um, welcome to the pod and thank you for stepping in in our time of need, our darkest hour. I've been waiting for this. I feel like Henry Rowan Gardner waiting on the bench to be call, <laughs> called up to the pitcher's mound right now. That's, that's how I feel. Like, uh, yeah, Windermere got a chance before me, but I'm finally here. I'm finally, I'm finally in. I'm, I'm on the outfield. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I do do. I do do a lot of podcasting as well. Yeah, you did. You did kind of very astute. Of you. <laughs> hey, there it is. <laughs> it's very astute on your part. Look at that. See, seamless. He's right in there. Um, and yeah, we were just talking off mic earlier about, you know, we, this is overdue because I was on your pod a while ago, but, um, navigating three time zones with Greg in Australia, you in the UK, me in the US, it was, it's kind of impossible unless Greg wanted to wake up at 5am. So, um, <laughs> we made the most of Greg's family vacation stuff. And actually speaking of, I'm, I need to play the role of Greg in some respects and, um, the first area of which is rapid fire questions. So whenever we have a guest, okay. you know, we, we need to acknowledge that there are some listeners who may not be familiar with you and we need to give them some uh, some data points with which to get an understanding of who is this guy? Where's he coming from? Okay. So we scientifically formulated these six questions that um, essentially, you know, give give the key dimensions to 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 the human behind the voice. I'm limbered up. I'm, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm I'm, I'm swinging free bats as we speak. Yeah, I'm there. I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay, so first question: Jean Claude Van Damme or Steven Seagal? Jean Claude Van Damme. Damn, damn right. It's very astute on your part. <laughs> Straight out the gate, you're getting the stoop for that. I can't imagine. It, like, if anyone ever says Steven Seagal, I think we'd have to end it there, because or it would just be openly hostile for the rest of the episode. <laughs> he's not a good actor and he's not he's he's transpired he's not a very good guy yeah whereas like uh yeah jcvd is kind of i don't know is he seems like a good guy uh, as well is he, the he seems like a good ways. guy and he has like a humor about himself like whereas he's self-aware steven seagal is like a vacuum of that right like yeah he, he did like a reality show but it's like it's me and it's me in Louisiana being a car. <laughs> it's so it's like, oh, weird, fuck man. off, Stephen. <laughs> in saying that, uh, we definitely need to cover more Stephen Skull on this pod. It's been a bit of a, it hasn't been a conscious thing, but we're 170 odd episodes in and we've done one Stephen Skull movie. It feels 
not right. So we'll rectify it at some point. But <laughs> it's always going to be JCVD for us too. Um, okay, second question. Face-off or Con Air? Oh, this is a, this is a real... You're asking... You're asking me to pick between my babies here, <laughs> but I, I have actually ranked them on on my podcast. Oh yeah, so uh, it is Con Air for me. Yeah, it's just it's an undeniable comedy classic that not many people seem to give it the credit it's it's due. Uh, face off. I don't know why. My my heart is saying Con Air. My head is saying Face Off. Yeah, but let's go with the heart. Let's go with the heart. Always go with the heart. Um. All right. The big one. Pamela Anderson or Sally Field. Sally Field, of course. Hey, Greg will be happy. You're, you're, you're fitting in as Greg beautifully. <laughs> That's the first on the record, Sally Field over Pamela Anderson. Bam. Yeah, I think I think Sally Field, she's got something about her. I'm not sure whether it is like a, I don't know. Uh, I, I've just seen a lot more of her you know, yeah. like in a weird way. I've never, I've never seen Barbed Wire, but I've seen Missed Outfire. I've never seen Barbed Wire either, actually. And I have seen Mrs. Doubtfire. And uh, <laughs> these thoughts never occurred to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, are, are, we talking, are we talking like who's hotter? I don't know. Yeah, still Sally Field. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to dive into that too much. Though, there could be like some, <laughs> do you know what I mean? There could be some like, I don't know, mummy issues there. But I don't, I don't, this isn't the place or, or, or the format I told for you, it. man. These questions, <laughs> they get to the core of a man. Um, Tupac or Biggie? Biggie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. I'm a Tupac guy, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, this is not a, you know, Biggie is not the Steven Seagal of this scenario. Um, die Hard or Predator? Die Hard. Just because um, Bruce Willis, I've always, been, I've always been a big, big, big fan of Bruce. Um, Fair enough. I modeled my hairline off of Bruce Willis. <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of charted my hair loss. By like, oh, which which era Bruce Willis am I? I remember there was a there was a point I even dyed my hair blonde, and I was I, nice. I, I, I saw it as my Fifth Element phase. I was like, yeah, I, here, here I am. So yeah, Big Bad Bruce in Die Hard. Yes, Beautiful. Uh, and finally, I feel like this isn't these two. I I, can't, I feel like I know the answer, but I don't know. Maybe you'll surprise me. Um, trying to stay on theme for a couple of connections: The Godfather or Apocalypse Now? The Godfather. Yeah, yeah I, just I thought him. you would say that. I mean, there's The Godfather. <laughs> there's- I, I, I think there's a recency bias with it as well. Like I've kind of been entrenched with that recently. I've just come off like yeah. a, a run of covering all 10 episodes of the Paramount Plus series, The Offer. Oh, uh, yeah. So is it a good show? Uh, it's a show. It's, it's okay. kind of, I think if you take it on face value for what it is as a bit of fun, like if you know too much yeah. about what actually happened you'll go oh this is this is a load of shit and when you when you realize as well it's based on the stories of albert s ruddy who is a man in his late 80s i think at this point right every story just turns out to be like and then i did something amazing to make sure the (laughs) film got made it's like okay i think you've told these stories a hundred times and you've added like five percent each time you've told it and it's like you've kind of egged the pudding way too much of these stories you're telling See, they, so. they should include that as a framing device this old guy telling a story see <laughs> the fact that it's you know the old unreliable narrator does he talk about having an onion tied to his belt and that kind of thing or um <laughs> no no not, no, not quite <laughs> there, 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 there's none of that but like 
It was really fascinating because he was recently on uh, WTF with Mark Maron and was kind of quite open about the fact that, like, oh, this show is the show it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was never going to be an awards contender. Uh, I know that Al Pacino really liked it. So, like, if Big Al likes it, I'm going to give it a go. (laughs) Fair enough. It sounds like... um... It's also that Lakers show on HBO, which I think is a similar kind of deal. Like it's entertaining enough to watch, but I'm pretty sure like all the real people are like, yeah, no, nah, not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Co- Copler has kind of said like, oh, you've made it look like I had a brilliant time making that film. It was absolute <laughs> hell for me. Like there's, there's elements <laughs> like that where you're like, yeah, I think, I think, I think Copler really like was threatened to be fired multiple times and they kind of just breeze through it like right oh they really oh the, yeah the, the mob yeah they, they really lean into the mob stuff and you get an amazing performance by giovanni rabisi and i think every episode his shoulders get higher and higher as he kind of goes, <laughs> fuck that guy fuck fuck get the fuck out of here fuck set <laughs> so i mean i don't think there are any couple of connections to uh, rookie of the year. There is. So no. why why have we picked this one? I, I felt like this was really perfectly fit into what this show is by taking yep. something from my child. Yeah, my childhood. It happened to be your childhood when I when I asked you about it as well, mm. and something that weirdly, as much as loads of it is ingrained in my memory, and like there's parts of it that are quoted to this day between me and my brother. I haven't watched it in years and it, it yeah. kind of felt like it felt like the perfect kind of film to, to to yeah to do this podcast format with because it meant so much to me as a kid. Interesting. All right, all right. We'll we'll get into it in just a second, but before we do, uh I always like to set the context by, you know, kind of shouting out some of the other films of the same year. So we're talking about 1993, which is man, you just said it before, Mrs. Doubtfire, same year. Yes. So, you know, one week you're watching Rookie of the Year thinking, you know, making plans to break your arm and become a superstar pitcher. The next week you're, you're discovering Sally Field in Mrs. Doubtfire and <laughs> having uncomfortable dreams at night. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would like to think that Sally Field was definitely on the, like, list of potential mums for this film. Like she kind of, she yeah, she it felt like she was the go-to like mum. She of was the, 90s. the mum, right? Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it was also the year of Cliffhanger, the year of Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia. What else have we got? The Fugitive, Jurassic Park, big films. Big. These, these are all in the top ten, by the way. Uh, number twelve was Demolition Man. Number thirteen, Cool Runnings. Uh, but there was a, a small film. Came in at number 31 that year. A film about a rookie. A rookie of the year. Okay, rookie of the year came out in July of 1993. Budget of 10 to 14 million dollars with a gross box office of 56.5 mil. As we mentioned, you know, it's just outside of the top 30, so it's pretty successful. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, I think here we find an interesting tension point. Critic score, 35%. Audience score, 52%. With a critic consensus, 
that reads as follows. Uh, Rookie of the Year gets some laughs from its novel premise, but a high strikeout rate on jokes and sentimental fouls keeps this comedy firmly in the minor leagues. Oh, someone had fun with that one, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> How many puns can we squeeze into that? Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Um, actually, interestingly, though, sometimes when, when the score is that low, I like to scroll down and just see who said it was actually good. And Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was reading his review. Yeah, he, he, he loved it. Like, yeah, he he had some you know sentimental connection to little league and that kind of thing. But I think what sums it up, which I think is you know pretty astute on his part, he says, "Look, this isn't a great movie. Um, if you're not a kid, don't go unless there's a kid you want to take. But if you are a kid and you've ever for a moment wondered what it would be like to play major league ball at your age, then take it from the old little leaguer and see this movie." I really shouldn't give it three stars, but I'm going to anyway. I love it. I like that because there are some movies like that, right? Like I, God knows I have them. I mean, we do JCVD movies all the time that they're technically not good, mm-hmm. but I like them anyway. They do something for me. So I respect that. I, I'm a massive fan of a three-star movie. Like I, yeah. I don't know what it is. Something that is, yeah, if you pick it apart too much, it probably falls apart at the seams. But is like, and this is becoming a running theme of of this year. Me talking about this film, but uh, the, the most fun I've had in the cinema this year was seeing Ambulance, the Michael Bay film. Oh, I is, keep nearly watching that on Friday. Oh, it's so it, it it is the perfect kind of distillation of what like a it's bad, but like it's so much fun. Like it's like it's kind of it, yeah. There's references to the Rock in it, like the 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 Michael Bay directed film, right? It's it's like self aware. There's like a a heist that is basically the heist from Heat turned up to like eleven. I'm into that, and I love the cast. I love Yaya especially. Uh huh. Um, I, I want to see him in anything, but uh, it's interesting because there's a fine line, right? Because then at the same time, there's all those Netflix movies, like what was it even? Red something. Red Notice. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, with the Rock and and um, old mate and man. <sighs> <laughs> they're yeah, they're just under three stars. They're just completely disposable nothingness. Mm-hmm. Whereas these kinds of three stars, these are yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, they they have a role in the rotation. Like you're not gonna, you can't only watch like dense, heavy shit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to sit back, consume, um, and hopefully it's around ninety minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it's like everything is everything is good in moderation, right? Like you sometimes need to eat your vegetables. Do you know what I mean you can watch? Yeah, watch like a an eight hour Russian movie that at the end of it will be like that has, <laughs> that has spoken to my soul. That has, that has like really distilled what it is to be a human, the human condition really yeah. broken apart and repackaged back together. And I think I understand something about what it is to be human. Mm. But then at the same time, you want Yahya Abdul-Mateen II and Jake Gyllenhaal riding around in an ambulance listening to <laughs> listening to uh, Christopher Cross. Like, like, yeah, yeah, I'll have that. Yes, please. That will while away two hours of my life. Yes, please. Exactly. It's a, all part of a balanced diet. So 
Rookie of the Year, you mentioned it was a big one for you. Like, how how did this manifest? So, you're a kid. Did you play baseball? Like, what was it about this movie that that impacted you? No, I think it's that thing because baseball isn't a thing here in the UK. I'm not sure what it was like yeah. in Australia, like growing up, but like. There was something about, it's almost like distills like the American dream and that like it felt exotic like baseball. And there was like, there was a handful of movies. I think like ice hockey is another thing. So like this, the Mighty Ducks and the Sandlot Kids or the Sandlot. Like Mm. there was something about that where it's like, oh man. What are they doing over there? Like, it's almost like aspirational for like living in the suburbs in rainy England. It's like, yeah, wow, that looks amazing. You're right. It's interesting because only when I, you know, sat down to make some notes on what I remembered about this movie as a kid, like, did I come to that same conclusion? Because, like, I saw this as a kid, it was in the mix, but it wasn't like a huge one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more Mighty Ducks and Sandlot, as you mentioned. But the thing with all of these movies is none of those sports were big for me. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really made that connection before, but I think you're right. There was It was almost exotic. <laughs> mm. Like we had – I lived in a suburb that had an ice rink, but there weren't many ice rinks in Australia. Like there was one ice hockey team. I don't know who they played against. <laughs> it was kind of like the Jamaican bobsled team or something, you know, like – and so, yeah, I guess that's a good point. It's uh, very astute on your part that it must, it might have been the the drawing of the the something different, you know. And there was something about like 20th Century Fox, like pictures, like films, like the I vividly remember the trailer for this, right? And I'm pretty sure like Sandlot had the trailer for this, and the. Uh, the the Sandlot tape had the trailer for yeah yeah and, and oh, vice versa course, kind yeah. of thing and it was like those two films on hard rotate I've got like a uh, a sports loving brother like he's five years older than me and like yeah both of us together just would watch this Three Ninjas if you remember that film oh yeah that kind of hard rotation as well like yeah there's something about like sports movies and stuff like that and kind of like I don't know kids action movies that were like a big part of like growing up for me and for somebody who to this day doesn't particularly like sports i'm a sucker for a sports movie like yeah yeah i'm kind of with you on that it's interesting like it's it was kind of this Mm subgenre kids doing big things (laughs) in sport basically i guess is a not a great way to articulate it but that's the ballpark of what it is and um I kind of like it's it's very of the time too because I feel like if they do make them now they're probably just straight to streaming like there's no way a movie like this would go to the cinema and I don't know kids movies today don't re- they, they seem to be like they've been replaced by like superhero movies basically yeah which are, are are kind of not even they don't really care about like movies for kids with kids in them it's like four quadrant movies they're like yeah, oh, yeah. how can we get like kids involved old men in their basements who like do you know what I mean like will be will be online shouting about it and like parents pestered into going and stuff like that whereas I can't remember the last time I've seen the listing for a cinema and been like oh so that's a film aimed at kids with like a kid in it like exactly it'll be bar- it'll, there'll be something buried in Disney oh like like the new Home Alone movie that came out last year 
straight to streaming. Straight to though, Disney right? Plus. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a sticker. Um, actually, speaking of, how about I get into the origin story of this picture? Origin story. Okay, so I should I should be clear up front that I couldn't find much <laughs> on the on the origin story, but but I can speculate because I'm kind of showing my hand in terms of one of my I don't know one of my takes on this film as I was watching it. But this was directed by Daniel Stern, who plays the pitching coach in this. Who knows? <laughs> but um, also famously, I think what most of us would know him from Home Alone. Yes, yes. And 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 the Wonder Years, the voice in the Wonder Years. And what's interesting about this is what I was this is what I was speculating as I was watching it. This guy, two of his biggest bodies of work were working with child stars. Mm-hmm. And and so I gotta wonder if there was a spark of an idea of of you know, yes, this movie's about a kid playing baseball, but it's also about a child becoming famous and the dangers of that and the parents yeah. wanting control and that kind of shit. Obviously he worked with Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. We know what happened there. Like there are some parallels, man. I I, I got to imagine that there's some connection there or at least, at least in his treatment of it. I don't know if he was involved in the story because it wasn't written by him. It was written by Sam Harper. Well, he does. He did say in an interview that he did have some like involvement in the writing. Like, the credits okay. on this are weird. Like there is somebody who features heavily throughout this film who's not credited on the movie at all. Uh, <laughs> John Candy. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and it's interesting, yeah, drawing it back to Home Alone, that he has two of his co like well, two of the people who feature in Home Alone 1 and 2 who he never actually shared any screen time with in yeah. this movie uh, like so i'm sure I, I i i would imagine that like he i don't know he got on with them outside of it or was trying to to, to give it a cynical eye was in some way trying to like oh i've starred in home alone how can i have a hit yeah but then yeah like, like you said it does talk about the ills of being a child star and, and what that can entail yeah because that's where most of the drama comes from. So it's yes. interesting. But to your point though, actually, and I should caveat, this was from uh, IMDb Trivia, which, you know, could be completely made up. But there, I did read on there that apparently the studio wanted Joe Pesci in Gary Boosie's role and Macaulay Culkin <laughs> as the kid. <laughs> and apparently, um, apparently Daniel Stern didn't want it to be too much like mm. Home Alone. But I don't know, based on what you just said, I could imagine him just saying that as a way to kind of cover his <laughs> tracks. You know, like, because I think it's pretty easy to make the observation you just made that there's, you know, a lot of connections there. For him to say, oh, yeah, there could have been more though and I you know, I had to dial it back kind of gives him some protection. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't think I could see Pesci in that role at all. No. And I don't. Tolkien, yeah, of course. At that time, like he was on fire. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, you got yeah. R- Richie Rich, maybe like a year, year or so later. Like, yeah. I don't know. Is, is this around the time he did that movie of Elijah Wood, where he plays like, he, oh, the good son, the good oh, son. Man, I yeah. want to cover that. <laughs> that was that movie was fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's fucked. Um, I could see Pesci as a less, um, I can't think of the right word for this, <laughs> a less ridiculous pitching coach maybe. I could see Pesci as the coach of the Little League team. The like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like calling kids morons like that. Yeah. That's and it's more of a cameo. Yeah. yeah, a cameo yeah, yeah. That's nice. That's nice. I like that. Boom. Done. Wow. I'm in. Anyway, that's all I got on this one. This one was pretty light on origin story. So uh, bish, bash, bosh, you go sell a movie, rap party, the Viper Room. Um, shall we play the trailer? Yeah. Thinks that he's actually going to play today. Henry Rowan Gardner had a dream. Rowan Gardner, get it right. Play in the major leagues. Only one thing. I got it. Stood in his way. Home, home. Reality. Until one day, everything fell into place. How long will they have to be in the cast? August. And now rotate from the shoulder, slowly. Oh! oh whoa! Funky butt-loving! Did he say funky butt-loving? Those tendons have healed uh, a little tight. Now, the kid who wasn't good enough for Little League... And then that's crazy. <laughs> ball of fire. Mom, watch this! Wait. ...is pitching. Gosh, Henry, you can play for the Cubs! In the big leagues. I'm the new pitcher. Twelve-year-old Henry Rowengardner, the youngest person in history to play Major League Baseball. Hi, Henry. Welcome to the big show. But what can one sixth grader do against pros like these? Give me the good stuff. Anything he wants. Summer, the majors hey, will be answering to a minor. Pitcher's got a big butt. Pitcher's got a big butt. Rookie of the year. Gotcha. Oh, that is a good trailer. Some of these movies from this era, the trailer itself is like a beautiful pop cultural artifact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that great use of. Uh, Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. S- Wonderful. Yes. It, it's probably second place to, to, to Top Gun, right? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, let, let's, give it, let's give it third place to Top Gun Maverick as well. That's Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I haven't seen that yet, by oh, the way. Miles Teller twinkling the ivories. Yes, please. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. So this is usually the part where Greg does a little plot synopsis for anyone that hasn't watched the film lately. And uh, you have graciously agreed to uh, fulfill this role in this very episode. Yes. So with that, would you mind talking us through the events of this film? Of course. So Henry Rowan Garder is your usual baseball-loving teen. There's a couple of uh, chuckle-headed pals, a crush on Julie from Mighty Ducks, an absent father, the most supportive mum ever, and no talent for the big game. 
He lives forever on the bench until one day he slips and falls on a baseball, breaking his arm. But when the tendons heal in his arm a little too tight, Henry and the world discover he has heat in his right arm. <laughs> he's, he's hopping all the way up from the minor league to the majors. Uh, from there, hijinks ensue. He wins over the Cubs <laughs> with his winning arm. But at what cost will his mm. new fame come? As the relationship with his best friends is frayed and his mum's new boyfriend, Jack Bradfield, plots with the Cubs heir to the franchise, Larry Fisher, to become Henry's manager and take advantage of that magic arm. And as the Cubs head to the division... The division? Is that what it's called? I kept, I kept wanting to call it the Super Bowl. I have no idea. <laughs> as I head to the division, uh, due to this rookie of the year, friendships are mended, relationships blossom, and villains are outed right in time for the big game and for the magic to wear off. Henry slips and falls once again on a ball. But using his youthful games tricks and an impossible conversation with his mum, he leads the team to victory before settling back to the minor league uh, with new friends, a new coach, and presumably a new stepdad. Hey, there it is. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's it, right? That's you, <laughs> that's that, 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 that's film in a nutshell, right? That's kind of everything that happens in this movie. Great. It hits all the notes, all of them. And so, yeah, I mean, we both hadn't watched this in a long time. How did it, how was the rewatch for you? What was the overall kind of vibe? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Obviously through, through adult eyes, of like picking holes in it, but like it kind yeah. of, kind of just whips through. Like, yeah. I don't know what it's, it must be, it look, I don't know if it's stock footage, but like the footage they use of like the game day getting ready and we get that hard cut from like um, the ball going and then Henry like. Mm. Cat, I, think, I think they, I think I read that they filmed them uh, on game days, like maybe amazing between halves. <laughs> Does baseball have halves? <laughs> I don't know. Or between games or right before or after a game. I think they, they use the, the real crowd and everything, um, which is good. Good energy. Good energy. Yeah, I just think that, yeah, there are, there are, there are, there are holes in it. Like there's, mm. things are set up and wrapped up so quickly. Like I kind of, <laughs> I, I remember there being way more stakes in it, like especially with like the villainous like stuff. And, yeah. Like, the Jack jack bradfield stuff but like i don't know maybe as like a kid that stuff is like oh do you know what i mean like you're, you're terrified yeah. by it but i don't know like in the like watching it this time it's like oh is all his mum had to do was throw him down say some, no yeah yeah <laughs> say no yeah 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 and, and the the new owner his uncle just was like oh fuck off like there wasn't much it was all diffused immediately yeah. like there was no <laughs> which i actually liked so Again, technically, you might say, "Oh, that's not enough tension or whatever," but it's just an easy watch. Like, it's not mm-hmm. it's too stressful. <laughs> that sounds like a weird thing to say. I don't know, but to be honest, sometimes you just need a good light watch. And it was genuinely fun. Like, I liked it more than I expected to. Kind of for all the reasons we're alluding to. I kind of relate to Ebert's thing there, where I can't really, you know, break down from a technical point of view, why it's awesome, but I had a good time. I had a good time. Like I chuckled a lot out loud. You know, some some comedies you watch and you enjoy them, but you don't actually laugh out loud. And I did in this. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna admit this right here, right now. There were a couple of moments in this film I got choked up. I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm a sucker for that stuff. I the mum stuff, man. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know whether it's like like, and it's interesting now because I'm on like the other side of it. I've got a young son, and I'm like yeah. there watching stuff, going like, ah, oh, maybe we'll have a moment like this. Do you know what I mean? I'll give him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, He'll inherit a guitar or something like that, and then yeah, or, or something, or like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, this found this. I found this roadcaster in a box in the loft <laughs> in the attic, and he dusts it off, and he starts podcasting, and he's like, he watches his first Nicolas Cage film. Yeah, he doesn't know. He, do, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't know where it all comes from, and then, and then one day, I just, I just quote. Like uh, yeah, I could eat a peach for hours, and he's like eyes, <laughs> his eyes light up, and he's like, what? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, probably not something you should you should utter to to, to your son. I guess that's no, probably got weird. But I know, you know, at the right age. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting because yeah, the sweetness of this film got me. But initially, I was worried, man, because um, the mum, what an angel, mm-hmm. and I was worried this film. Because I, I, I didn't remember any of it, to be honest. As as it unfolded, there were parts I remembered, but overall I didn't really remember much uh, from my childhood. But um, I was really worried that they were kind of setting the mum up as a bit of a jerk for wanting a romantic life. Yeah. And I was like, well, hang on. She's, a, she's an angel. Let her have a boyfriend. And then I was like a little bit like, oh, no, the stepdad's going to be a jerk. And I'm very defensive of stepdads because I've got a great stepdad and I hate how it's such a trope in movies that mm-hmm. stepdad's a dick. Um, but he was a dick in this. Well, he's not. And, uh, but, but all of these things got resolved to your earlier point. He's not a stepdad and, though. They've been dating a month. Like well, they've been dating yeah. three weeks when he first, he's like, oh, three <laughs> weeks, that's necklace anniversary. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you, need yeah, pump, yeah. you need to pump the brakes, Jack. Like, <laughs> I think there is like an underservice done done to the mum because like yeah she kind of gets taken massively for a ride like when he's like getting her to sign contracts and kind of hamstringing her in situations where it's like okay like i'm sure like in the real world at any point she would have said jack pump the brakes and it's like i don't know a bit of the writing was like yeah oh we need this for the plot to work so yeah she kind of gets a bit disserviced it's a little tropey, but I guess in the big scheme of things, I was okay with it by the end because I, I wasn't expecting this from Boosie at all because I, I forget that, you know, this this version of Boosie exists, mm-hmm. <laughs> i.e. the love interest. Like I just thought he was going to be an old grumble guts for the whole movie. But when I saw them talking, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then I, then I kind of relaxed a little bit because I was like, okay, obviously I know where this is going now. She's going to upgrade. Gary Boos has got a moustache. This is all great stuff. Um, and, you know, even just being sweet to the kid, like it was a, it was a beautiful, that, all that whole ecosystem of sweetness was great. Yeah, I, I, I love how, like, there are quick turnarounds throughout this. Like, I love how the, the team as well, uh, there, there is some baffling stuff. Like yeah. the fact that... <laughs> He turns up to like he turns up to pitch his first game, and he's he's like never met the team or in a game. Yeah. This is what I'll, yeah. I'll tell you why the Chicago Cubs never won a game back then because they never had any fucking training. There's no practice. Like why would he batted for the? Why would he bat first of all? 
Second of all, he batted for the first time mid-game. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. game. <laughs> he he pitched for the first time mid-game, big game. Like why not just like, hey, let's do a little practice session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like none of that. Come by. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like thrown in right at the deep end. And, <laughs> but, but I guess you get to like suspend like your disbelief. Yeah, of course. With it. And, and again, it's almost like to the point where – I don't know. Maybe that's what I kind of liked about it because I guess like we were saying before, like a lot of the tension gets diffused really quickly, but it's like, you know what it's like? It's like Ted Lasso. Ah, yes. You know how Uh everyone responds so positively to Ted Lasso? I think for a lot of people it came at the right time, like mid-pandemic and it's just feel-good stuff and you're expecting more of these tropes like, oh, no, the owner's ex-wife is going to be like the big bad and by like episode three, she's all good. It was a bit like that in this. Like you thought, oh, Gary Boosie's not going to like this new kid in town. There's going to be a lot of tension there. Oh, no, he's helping him out. Like there was, yeah. you know, oh, no, the stepdad's a dick and the mum's going to have a real bad time. Oh, no, she punched him in the face and she upgraded yeah, yeah. To, to Boosie. Like this was, I don't know, it just was um, immediately comforting. <laughs> it was like a nice warm hug. I think there's there's a key line to this film as well. When Henry first goes up to Wrigley Field and is going to the players' entrance and you get like, I remember that this is something that is ingrained in my head. When the Cubs logo opens and there's that guy like yeah. pop out. Uh, he deli- is that from Wizard of Oz or something or Labyrinth? Like, it, what is that? Yeah, he that is from the Wizard of Oz. And there's a line, well, that horse, uh, yeah, well, that's a horse of a different color. And it's like, oh, this is where we are. We're in a fantasy land. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And that's a good point. There were some nice little symbols like that. Because, yeah, I I, um, I forgot to look that up because I saw that. And I was like, that's so fucking weird. But I, I was like, I'm here for it. That was nice. And there were a few other things where they're, they're just signals that this movie is self-aware. Like it kind of knows what it is. There was, um, I don't know, I thought it was relatively subtle, but uh, maybe it's not. <laughs> there was uh, in the opening of the movie at some point was I can't remember what it, she gives them tickets to the Cubs. They're running down the up escalator. Uh-huh. And then by the time um, the kids having a great time with the team and everything, all the Cubs are running down the up escalator later yeah, yeah, on yeah. at like the Chicago airport or whatever. I thought that was nice. They didn't make a huge deal about it, but it's a nice little callback to, you know, the impact this kid is having on the team yeah it's, it's nice it's kind of it's kind of, yeah it's like it's like daniel stern for some of it uh studied home alone is like let's get some great airport running in this movie <laughs> it's like, it's like that, 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 people, people people uh respond to that positively and there's some great airport <laughs> running in this and kind of like people like run running around and like um great montages as well i like how it kind of like zips yeah. through like the season and like gets to the tension points like the big settles on big games and stuff like that, whether it's the first or the kind of the, the winning match at the, the, yeah, the kind of pinnacle match at the end and stuff like that. It's, yeah. There's a lot of great stuff. And I, I guess, I don't know, you could, you could theorize that this whole film is like Henry was knocked out when he slipped on that ball <laughs> and it's all just a dream, right? Or like it's him. Or he's in his bedroom for the three months, not going outside, fantasizing this. Or the whole thing is just him like daydreaming on the outfield. And then, because obviously it kind of yeah. has that motif at the beginning and the end of him like, you see, you see part of the game and then it's him on the outfield catching the ball or like 
tries to yeah, catch the ball. Yeah, true. And then it ends with him like actually catching the ball, like hanging over the fence. And it's like, oh, maybe it never. Oh, damn. It's very astute on your part. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and then it's a dream within a dream because he's projected that Chet Stedman is actually his stepdad and coach, uh, yeah. coaches the coaches the team, not this like abusive clearly alcoholic man who has a disdain <laughs> that for guy children. was great though by the way yeah. i think that was the first signal that i was gonna like this movie i loved that guy it was so weird windermere windermere <laughs> so, don't be saying anything about any asthma like it's just yeah, delivery. Yeah. i didn't know what the fuck he was saying <laughs> and i love I, I love you get that moment when henry signed to the cubs and you kind of get like his old teammates who like razzed him and stuff like that. Like they kind of yeah. t- taking the piss out of him and you get like the reaction shots from them and you get the coach like kind of in it, it like, let's, let's be honest in, in an apartment that looks way too good for the kind of guy he is. Do you know what I mean? Like there was nowhere yeah. near enough beer cans and kind of squalor. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like nice white walls and like, yeah, but like true. It was, yeah, <laughs> I wish there was, I wish there was, I don't know some closing scene with him or something like that. I don't know. Maybe there was like yeah. a thing where Chet Stedman, I don't know, roughs him up or something like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would have been good. Close the loop on there somewhere. That would have been nice. Um, actually, something that should be mentioned, we, we've touched on this already, but it was all complete surprise to me was, was the cast. So like John Candy wasn't expecting that. Gary Boosie was not expecting that as a love interest, no less. And um, the guy from American Pie. Yes. I didn't realize it was the same kid. Yeah, Thomas Ian Henry. Yeah. Because you I, mentioned, I, like, yeah, you've got a friend of a friend or you got you have a, a dotted line connection. Uh, yeah. So a friend, a friend of mine, Matt Stocks, who's been on my podcast a couple of times, is, uh, yeah, is, is good friends with uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas. And, like anytime he's over in the UK because he's now like a touring musician. Like I've I've seen like yeah, I saw something on TikTok. Yeah, and yeah. He, he he'll go out and like he's he's quite self aware. Like with, yeah. with the kind of legacy of the stuff he's been in, so he'll do songs that are like famous from the American Pie movies and stuff <laughs> like that. And kind of diving into this film, he seems to have like really embraced this film. So I think since like two thousand and eight, he's pitched yeah. The, 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 he's he's done the first, yeah he's done the first ball at like uh cut, like opening season games and stuff like that for the cup. I love that, I respect that. I uh, I saw that too. He's done it like a few times. I think he's even sung "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Yep. Um, you know what's trippy? I guess it makes sense mathematically, but but I was just looking at his IMDb. Like American Pie was only six years after this. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a. Such a sweet kid, and then straight into like sex comedy. Yeah, he's, um, like he's, but I guess that's that's growing up. I guess <laughs> he's he's missing a baby tooth throughout this whole film, and then it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then six years later, do you know what I mean? He's yeah, he's in a movie where a guy fucks a pie. Like, <laughs> I guess I don't know. I I guess his character in American Pie is one of the sweeter i don't know they're all, they're all, they're all, they're all, no, I, he's I, trying to bang tara reed the whole time i hate him in that movie <laughs> i just i find that character the worst i don't know what it is about him because he's not a bad guy he just irritates me he just seems so ugh. and is it his bro- yeah it's his brother casey affleck who's kind of like 
the one they keep phoning, isn't it? Like who's kind yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. No, no, He's got the book. The book. Yes. Book of yes, love or yeah, yeah. I've watched all the American Pie movies, by the way. I've, I've <laughs> this on the pod before. Speaking of threes, this is not, that's not even a three. Well, the 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 core American Pie movies are good, but I watch those straight to video spin off things too. Book of Love. I watch Pine Camp. Yeah, yeah. They're so stupid, but I love them. They're great. Sunday hungover, entirely predictable. There's always a Stifler relative in there, and um, Eugene Levy, isn't it? Is he the only? He, he, of- well, he's in one of them. I think he's in Bandcamp, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> What's he got to do with Bandcamp? Um, I'm just so glad that Eugene Levy has managed to round out, you know, for for kind of the younger generation. Round out his reputation a little bit more <laughs> with um with Chits Creek, yeah. Because if that was his only legacy for the younger generation, man, that's unfortunate. Yeah, because like <laughs> really high beginnings. Obviously, it was SETV with yeah um, John Candy and Rick Moranis and stuff like that. And then I guess for exactly for a lot of old farts, he'll appear in of a lot of the Christopher Guest movies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Of course. As you say, for the younger generations, it'll just be. Jim's dad with like the big eyebrows yeah. and it's like no 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 get like shit's creek because yeah yeah it's, it's, it's what which we is needed. still great in of course but yeah it can have the 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 wrong perception that he is just some you know one hit wonder kind of deal but obviously he's great but yeah American Pie what else we got here oh yeah oh yeah speaking of you know we mentioned uh, Thomas E Nichols has thrown out the first pitch a few times sung take me out to the ball game it's interesting watching this movie as an adult. Um, I work in advertising and so we, we, you know, getting brands into movies and TV shows is a part of that. And watching movies like this now with that lens, I just find it fascinating how much this movie can shit all over the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they must have been cool with that. Yeah. It's crazy. Were they, again, I don't know a lot about baseball. Were they that bad that I guess any publicity is good publicity? Like it's it seems crazy. And Back to the Future did them dirty too. Um, they won the World Series in 2016, which I know was a big deal because it was the first time in like 100 years. And one year after Back to the Future predicted it, it was one year off. Amazing. Which is crazy. But that just seems crazy to me that there is someone working at the Chicago Cubs, reads this script and goes, okay. Do you know what I've realised is it basically a remake of this as well? Is the Waterboy. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like... Like Henry's got his magic arm, and you've got Bobby Boucher with his kind of magic rage that can take well, people uh, yeah, out, magic and, rage. <laughs> and, and, and and takes take takes a kind of losing deadbeat team to like uh, the highest of heights, and it's yeah, <laughs> and I love that. And there movie was as um, well. there was like Mike, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bauer. I never saw that. That was after my time, but I, th- I assume that's the same kind of deal. Right, but basketball, but with magic involved, not just uh, a, a, a a freak accident and kind of, I don't know, fusing of tendons to to bone. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. It was interesting that it wasn't magic. Like there was no birthday wish, or you know, a, 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 you know, a real monkey paw situation where he makes a wish, but you know, there's consequences. Mm-hmm. It, it was purely physiological, yeah, <laughs> science. I, I love, I like that. It was fun. I, I love the sound effects we get with the arm. Yeah, like yeah, like it's winding up. 
there's some great kind of like stings in this, like with certain moments. There's there's those sounds when Henry is like pitching or like winding up the yeah. pitch. And there's like this heavy metal guitar when Chet Stedman's like shoulder is in pain. It's like, oh, like dive bomb. I was guitars. thinking about that. <laughs> because I could really this is this is the the life stage I'm at now. I could relate to that so hard. <laughs> And I was thinking, even when the kid breaks his arm and then suddenly has superpowers, like I did my shoulder the other week playing basketball and, you know, I I don't have a super arm. If anything, I'd, I just have a fucked shoulder now. <laughs> like Boosie in this movie, like I every time he pitched and was doing this to his shoulder, I, I know that feeling. Well, I'm at the age now where it could just be that's how my shoulder is now. Well, you've got it's very depressing. You've got a perfect solution for that for that for your shoulder pain. Some people <laughs> use ice. Some people use heat. What you oh, need okay. is hot ice. Right, best of both worlds. Yeah, best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, Brickma with okay. his pals of wisdom. Can we talk about that? Oh, yes. Daniel Stern in this movie again, like Chicago Cubs reads this script, says, "I'm in. You can use all of our branding. You can shit all over us." And yeah, Dan, we would love Daniel Stern to play our pitching coach as a complete ridiculous human. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I love the fact that Martinella as well. Like, it doesn't really have a an explanation for why he's there. He's like, he kind of just yeah. been following me around for years. Yeah, I'd love to imagine the real pitching coach for the Chicago Cubs. Like, oh wow, they're making a movie and we're in it. Oh my god, and the pitching coach is a main <laughs> character. I can't wait to watch this. And then just oh. That's that's what they're going with. And I can't imagine like Daniel Stern is directing this. He's the boss on set. So he's like being alpha, driving the whole, you know, directing a movie is like running a business. Yeah. You're like a CEO. You're out there going, hey, this, that, this, that. All right, action. Derpy, derpy, derpy. <laughs> like, how does he get <laughs> – it's so weird. Well, I – I, I think that's like on rewatch now, there is like an element of like, there was no one there to tell him no. So he just goes, yeah. he just goes for it. Whether it's like shoveling in like sunflower seeds, like to the point where he's like choking or like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to be fair, maybe I loved that as a kid. I can't remember. But yeah. adult Tristan, Daniel Stern just irritates me so much. And actually, no, to be fair, he he does his thing and he does it well but it just irritates me. <laughs> like he gives me so much stress. He makes me so anxious, even in like city slickers or like very bad things. Have you seen very bad things? Yes, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it drives me nuts. Well, he's... Which is why it's so weird that he's the voice in The Wonder Years because it's so calm <laughs> and soothing and it's wonderful. Like every other role is chaotic and then that one is just... So sweet. There are lines that he delivers in this, though, that have, like, stuck with me for all these years. Like, oh yeah, if I'm ever in a pickle, the thing that goes through my head if I need someone to help me is, little help, little help now, little help. <laughs> when he's trapped between the two doors in the hotel. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, you know what? Uh, it is fun. And the um, when he takes the kid, what looks like, to be up to two chicks. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's basically suggested they're prostitutes or something. And he says, you know, it's all free or whatever. But of course there's a, there's a pinball machine right behind yeah. 
Excuse, excuse me, ladies. <laughs> Said excuse me. <laughs> That's nice. That's some good wholesome fun. And him being locked in the cage at the end as well, like when the big game's yeah. going on. He just, yeah, he just gets like, the, the, you just cut back every so often. He has no idea what's going on. Like, Go on! Like just shaking the cage and stuff <laughs> like that. And I don't know. He's He, he is sparing comic relief. Like, even though, I don't yeah. know. It's just so over the top. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but again, why not, I guess? It's a kid's movie after all. And while that may, you know, not, not be my favourite thing about this movie as an adult, this movie is not really made for a 38-year-old man. Um, what is quite disturbing, though, is the fact that in 2016 he resurrected the character and did a series of seven youtube videos um right just and this must have been in the build-up to the world series right because the cubs were yeah in it yeah so the the video to announce that they 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 won like because he's gone on record so oh. after making this movie he's like been a lifelong cubs fan ever since so uh there are some right. interesting like videos there's one of them where he goes to meet uh he goes, yeah, he goes to Neil Flynn's door, who plays Oki, uh, the janitor from uh, Scrubs. He goes to his uh, his yeah, front yeah, door yeah. in character, and like he's like, Oki, it's, it's 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 great to see you, and ends up getting arrested. So like he's he's self aware, <laughs> but it seems like considering his YouTube page has twelve videos on it, seven of them are him as Brickma. Right, and I I mean. I don't know. Is that character really that? <laughs> I think I, I think he's got affection for. It. I watched a small clip, yeah. clip with him, and it was kind of like I don't know, like a, a little. You can tell there's a little bit of disdain in his voice. He's like, "Yeah, people, people always like shout Marv at me," and he's like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> he's like, "Ah, uh, he's like, I, I can kind of guess where people are gonna say I'm from." He's like. If it's like some old guy who's clearly got like a, a massive record collection at home, they go like, "Oh, Diner." He's like some like he's a very rarely people right. go. Are you the voice from the Wonder Years? He's like, I. And he kind of says in this interview, he's like, "Do you know a film that people really should revisit is, is Rookie of the Year?" And I think because it's the only film he's ever directed, he's probably got some affinity to it, and he's like, I don't know, yeah. wants to, yeah. I'm sure if I'm sure if we, we 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 contacted Daniel Stern to be like, hey, we're talking about Rookie of the Year, he probably would have been right. here, been, been here in a heartbeat. <laughs> he probably would. God damn it! Didn't even think of that. That's Brickma. He would have done the whole part. Brick, yeah. Yeah. Little up now, little up. up, up. <laughs> All right, let's let's play one of these modern Rickma clips. Hey guys, Phil Brickma here. I'm out in Los Angeles. Been traveling with the team. Thought I'd look up some of my old friends. Check in on him. I'm checking in on Oki, my first baseman on the championship team. Hell of a guy. Hell of a player. Hell of a friend. Hey. Oki. Hey, how the hell are you, buddy? Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, I'm out here with the team trying to hook up with the boys. Thought I'd look up some of my old friends. How you been? What have you been up to? Uh, I moved to Hollywood years ago. I became an actor. Really? What you been on? A couple shows, Scrubs, The Middle. Really? Yeah, I don't watch television, but that sounds exciting. Hey, I've been on the road for a while. I thought maybe I'd come in, maybe have a lemonade, a little parched. Okay. Catch up a little bit like old times. Find you some lemonade. That would be well, fantastic. Well, if, you just, if you can just... Huh? Yeah. Oh, all right. Just out here. Now, wait out here. Yeah, there you go. Great. Great. Right hey, hey. 
My old buddy Oki, huh? Maybe we'll go out, play some catch, work on some tips, huh? Okay. What the heck? Hey, you out of here, right? Ow! Oh. None of this, Brickma. Hit the bricks. Ow! Hey! Oh, you're using the Mickey Mouse. That's right. <laughs> Why did he have a cup inside? <laughs> I can only assume that he was at. He, 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 there was a bachelorette party, and that was not a cop, and that was a stripper. <laughs> and he's like, "How convenient." Um, must be the 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 video when they win the yeah they win the, the World Series. Is it? Um, is not any not good audio at all because it is 42 seconds of Daniel Stern screaming. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. It's he has a lot of affection for this character. I guess he feels like, you know, this is the one he wished had a bit more airtime. And it's interesting too, because it seems like this is the only thing he's he's directed some TV. He's directed few episodes of um, The Wonder Years and some other things. And it seems like he always wanted to direct more, but then City Slickers and Home Alone blowing up kept him busy. Um, I think like my my, my reaction to this film is maybe overall, wow, it's a lot better than, it probably needs to be. Yeah, has any right I guess to you be. would give that to the director, right? So I guess he's done a good job here. So, yeah, I wonder what we've missed out on with Daniel Stern not directing more. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, and this, talking about Daniel Stern has unlocked a memory in my brain of the film Bushwhacked. Have you ever seen that where he plays like an escaped convict who accidentally yeah, that, takes that's a, the one i keep thinking of, of of him being too chaotic yeah for me. he's <laughs> yeah he's far too chaotic and he's like yeah, yeah he's, like, he's like i don't know just he's like like i don't think i ever want to watch that again no, he's like peewee <laughs> herman on crack like it's, 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 yeah. it's full on it's full on <laughs> hey since we're both not necessarily baseball aficionados i did some research um because you know this kid He's got a good arm and he was pitching at around 100 miles per hour. And I had no real reference point as to how good that is. Now, apparently the fastest fastball ever was by Aroldis Chapman of the Cincinnati Reds and that was 105 miles per hour. But that was like in the last 10 or, 10 or so years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, he's it's fast but it's not like – you know, in the movie, it's not it's not cartoonishly fast. It is still within the realm of like, he's a good pitcher. It's not it's not otherworldly, um, and apparently, it's quite common now for fastball to be ninety five miles per hour plus. Um, so I think there is, some, but but keeping in mind this was ninety three, so I think there is some fastball inflation. Here. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, because the average fastball today, as I learned is one mile per hour faster than 2015. So extrapolate that out, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I guess he's a good pitcher. He's not a superhero in this so much. And I think you mentioned this before. There is some inconsistency in how his pitching is portrayed. Like those first few with his mates, it is like (laughs) a bullet. (laughs) (laughs) And then later it just looks like a pretty regular pitch. (laughs) Well, like... If he was like pitching them at like 100 miles per hour, he hits a guy in a leg at one point and it's like 
that guy would go down surely if you got hit, <laughs> if you got hit by like a hundred yeah something going at a hundred miles an hour you, you yeah ain't standing true. up after Actually, that. you just unlocked a memory i used to play t-ball when i was a little kid <laughs> you ever play t-ball no 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 we had rounders here in the uk ah and softball and i can't remember if this is t-ball or softball but i got hit in the head from you know someone hitting it like a from a actual swing and uh don't remember much of that. I don't know if it's it was like 30 years ago because I got hit in the head. But it happened. You just I totally forgot about that until this very moment. No, 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 no freak accident afterwards. You weren't like, I don't know, all of a sudden ridiculously brainy or could 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 just take hits to the head or anything. There was no You know what? Maybe that's what unlocked the uh the podcasting part of the brain. <laughs> <laughs> At the expense of all else. <laughs> My, well, actually, this has never come up on the podcast. My God, you may have connected some dots there. So <laughs> this is kind of a famous story in my family, but I got sent. They thought there was something wrong with me as a kid. They thought I was like Forrest Gump. I got <laughs> sorry. I got sent. I had to go to an external school in the mornings. I'd get picked up on this by a minivan and taken to this external learning center to try and make me not stupid. Wow. And come to think of it, it was before I got hit in the head with a baseball. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that fixed everything. I don't know. Or maybe it made it worse. Who's to say? But that's crazy. Yeah, knock the stupid out of you. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, yeah, it's like those... I'm pretty sure if, the, if it happened 10 years later, you know, this was the early 90s. If it happened 10 years later, I probably just would have been diagnosed with ADHD or something. I think I was just one of those kids in the classroom with a distant look in my eye. <laughs> they thought, oh, something wrong with him. Send him out. You just need to make sure you never get hit on the head again. Then you just all of a sudden. Yeah, I, don't, I can't undo it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> all of a sudden you'll be going, Janae. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you love me? <laughs> I mean, that's all I've got in terms of big things. Should we get into the verdict? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think I think as, as for... The big things in this this film that we've I don't know the the villain I guess like uh, just oh, wanna, yeah just want to mention that guy because he's just like how can you hate a kid that much like he's like, yeah <laughs> that's a good point actually uh, throughout there were a few things about the villain are you talking about the stepdad or the owner the nephew guy bit of both and there's kind of free there's uh yeah there's the villain baseball player as well like uh. The the one who he like has a run in. I think the first time does a home oh, run. Oh yeah, and then he's like, "That's right." He's like, "Where's your mommy?" He's like, he's, like, <laughs> like hey, he's fucking twelve. Like, chill out, man. Like, <laughs> and and there's the, the there's a moment, and I, I like how it's undercut in the film as well. When Henry pitches that ball, there's that like group of drunk guys who like, oh yeah, threw a really like cack handed ball back. He's like. You trying to upstage me, kid? And it looks like this group of grown men are going to start a fight with three children. Yeah. And it's like... Well, actually, that's a good point too because Greg and I have talked about this before, how you see celebrities throughout the first pitch of the game and they're almost all terrible, like embarrassingly so, to the point where, A, why did you even agree to it? But B, like, is pitching... Like, is is this a much further distance than I would have in mind? Like, sure, I feel like I can pitch enough for a yeah. for a ceremonial first pitch. 
but like 50 cents one was way out. Like most of them are way out. I, 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 th- I think there's standards for who pitches the first ball and who sings the national anthem at a lot of these events yeah. is very low. Like I've, I've seen some yeah. terrible like national anthem singing and they're just like, yeah, it'll do. Is go get bums on seats. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Fifty Cent turning up is like <laughs> he, he's he's good at doing um, upside down like sit ups. <laughs> but he's not so he's not so good at uh, yeah he's he's not so good at pitching a ball. True, true. Man, I went to a baseball game. I've been to a couple now, and I was expecting a lot more because of movies like this. I think. And because in Australia, like, I guess we only see the highlights. And I was expecting a lot more action. But it's it's just cricket, basically. It's long. It's, yeah. In terms of it being quite slow, and if you're into it, it's awesome. But if you're, if you're going there with fresh eyes and have no idea what's really happening, it's, it just is very slow. I, I think the most <laughs> exciting thing for me when I went to a baseball game was I went on a $1 hot dog night. So just got, oh, nice. just got loaded up on hot dogs and I was 17 at the time. And my friend's dad um, snuck us a beer, like bought us a beer each. So like nice. I, I, I had a big, like kind of a big old cup of beer and a hot dog. And I was like, yes, please. And yeah, like. I think you're right. There is some magic at, at American sporting events too. Like the atmosphere is amazing and you get the real classic. Again, this stuff to, to guys like us, this is a shit you only see in the movies. So it, it means a lot when you see it in person. Just even the guy going, Beer, ice cold beer. Yeah. It is exciting to hear or, that. Or like an announcer <laughs> saying, "Let's play ball." Or yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? <laughs> da, 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 da. Hearing that on a tannoy system, it's like I thought this was only in the movies. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it is a fun day, but the sport itself, it, it's not quite my jam. I respect it, of course, but you know, I feel like it's a you got to go deep. It's a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's it's kind of like a thing. I guess if you go to New York, it's like, hey, let's yeah. go see the Yankees. Like, I, exactly. I, I went to Toronto and like, uh, baseball's weird in that thing that they kind of, they play like the same team over consecutive nights, I believe. Like, right. Yeah. And it's almost all year, right? Like it just keeps going. And they do like, but they'll play like five nights, for instance, at like, yeah, it'll be like, the Cubs at the Yankees stadium and then they'll swap over. So it's like, I guess it's fair. So they're both on home ground, like uh, yeah. to, 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 to win the, the, win the game. And I remember being in Toronto and it was the one week that um, the Blue Jays were like elsewhere. And the week that we, <laughs> just after we left, uh, the games they had coming up were the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. And I was like, Oh, just to have said I had seen either of yeah. those two teams play would have been amazing. Yeah. There, yeah, I need to do more sport while I'm here because who knows? Who knows? I may get kicked out of the country at any day. The jig could be up. <laughs> I could get hit in the head with a baseball again and suddenly I'm useless. Yeah. <laughs> You're not an ad exec anymore. <laughs> All right, let's get into the verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Huh? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor, 
and that's all I have to say about that. Okay, so uh, we've recently shaken this up, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll read through our criteria. But I guess big picture wise, do you feel like there's anything, any core component of this film that fundamentally breaks in in current day? No, that I don't think so. There's nothing too problematic, like all of the kind of relationship yeah. stuff with Henry and like Becky's sweet. Like, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I guess if anything, it's probably true to life. Like, there's a there's a line I kind of picked out with his his like one of his goofball friends when they're at, at, at lunch, and he's like. He's talking about the size of Becky's like boobs. He's like, milk's treated her real good. Like, she's look, look, yeah, look what it's done to that body. All that milk's like, and he's like, look at the way she's drinking that milk, man. And it's like that. That kind of is how thirteen-year-old boy, like twelve-year-old boys, speak. So, and, and yeah, because they're idiots. They, yeah. they probably still do. <laughs> exactly. I, I guess I don't know. A, a, a Gen Z will probably watch this and be like. Oh no, we were all just really polite to each other at school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's like Twenty One Jump Street, where it's like, oh no, kids yeah. are just really nice now. <laughs> and yeah, I guess the only thing, if my concerns for the mum early on, you know, that all got sorted out. But that that would be my own. If, if that didn't get sorted mm-hmm. out, that would be something that I feel would be a bit. Ugh. Yeah, I don't think it falls. I don't think it fall, falls down on anything. Yeah. Um, Technically speaking, as far as things like Bechdel test, technically doesn't pass. Um, but, you know, Greg always makes fun of me when I add conditions to the Bechdel test. Like I'm, you know, obviously it goes against the point. A man trying to like justify why something doesn't pass the Bechdel test kind of goes against the whole point of the Bechdel test. But the fact that it's a great mother in this movie is 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 a wonderful thing. But then I guess same thing happens when you do the race version of the Bechdel test. Like we don't really have too many people of color and they certainly don't speak to each other about anything other than a white man. Um, so that one doesn't quite pass. But you know what? Like, again, not to justify it, but mm-hmm. not many movies do, to be blunt. Um, cultural relevance. Did Simpsons do it? I don't think so. No. I couldn't find there may be some something somewhere, some deep cut, but there's nothing obvious immediately. Um porn parody, I have learned to not look up porn parodies as it relates to kids' films. I, I looked up porn parody for Karate Kid once and you know, not really thinking about the words that I was typing <laughs> in because you basically go karate kid porn parody, the middle two words are kid porn. <laughs> And I I got a I got a thing on Google saying, basically saying, uh, "What are you doing, man?" <laughs> put, put 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 your hard drive in the freezer now. <laughs> yeah, like Chris Hansen walked into my house and was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> your laptop started steaming. Just yeah, like I felt so gross. I was like, "Oh no, fuck, fuck, fuck! What have I done? I'm on a list somewhere now. Oh my god." So now whatever it's a kid's movie, I just stay away, the hell away from it. And I, I imagine with the term as well, because it is kind of uh, readily used within American culture with sports anyway. It would be like, who is the rookie of the year for like... Totally. This was an issue because when I was trying to look into the representation of the Chicago Cubs in this movie, if you type in Chicago Cubs rookie of the year, you're just getting the rookies of the year of the Chicago Cubs. You're like, you can't really get much else. Yeah, because I, I knew that Barry Bonds is in this movie at some point and I typed in Barry Bonds rookie of the year 
And all, right. all it was showing me was his rookie stats from when he was, I think he did get rookie of the year when he first right. came out and stuff like that. And yeah, I think if there probably is a porn film called Rookie of the Year, but it's probably more a, <laughs> a, a, a woman in like sportswear, do you know what I mean? And it will be sold as the fact of like, oh, she's she's young, she's legal, yeah. she's young. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know, overall, do you think it holds up? Is it worth a rewatch? I think so. I think it's one of those, yeah. uh, I don't know, there's a few rare cases of kids' films, films from your childhood. Yeah, especially with like kid, like kid film, like kid film, kids' films. Yeah, I think I think this holds. I think I think I could I could easily triple bill. I don't know. How, how old's your kid? Would you watch this with your kid yet? My kid's four, so probably it's probably not yet his time with this. But you will one day. I, I reckon say. so. It feels yeah, because I, I feel the same way. I probably won't be in a hurry to watch this again myself. But I feel like one day when I have a kid. I would happily fire this up. I think also I forgot to mention one thing about this movie that I think, again, is just in that sweetness zone or that feel-good zone is when you're a kid, you think that this might happen to yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You think, well, you, you think all types of crazy shit when you're a kid, don't you? Yeah. You think like, yeah. You, you think you're going to stumble upon a golden ticket in like a drain or something <laughs> like that. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. True. You, 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 you sold promises and then as you get older, you realize it's all just pain, despair, and you can sneeze and your shoulder hurts. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that brings us to the end of the episode. And uh, I can only say thank you. Thank you so much for stepping in in our time of need in a Gregless pod. I was ready to step up to um, the plate. and uh, you, stay, you stepped up to the plate. Let's throw some... Baseball puns in there like that Rotten Tomatoes thing. You you brought some laughs to our novel premise and no strikeouts. I'm just not reading the thing and switching it. Yeah. Um, and you 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 bumped up this episode from the minor leagues to the age the, to the major leagues. Petros, we appreciate it. Thank you. And well, before we before we finish though, where can everyone find you? You got a million podcasts happening. Let's uh, let's hit those. So we caged in. Are you are you complete? now on all the nick cage movies like where does where does that stand yeah so i am completely up to date with nicholas cage until uh, a new one comes out like so i guess yeah next up on the docket for nicholas cage will be butcher's crossing which uh premiered at tiff so yet to find out when that is going to be released and i'm yep. currently working my way through every single film in the collective coppola family filmography so that's from the heavy hitters like Francis Ford Coppola to the people you've never heard about like Bailey Coppola or people you didn't even know were a part of the family like John Schwartzman. Uh, there's there's yeah. a whole swath of people I'm I'm talking about diving into the formats changed ever so slightly. I feel like this I haven't really yeah. announced this. I'm kind of doing ten weeks on films and then. Uh, just because it's been fun diving into some TV stuff, I'm going to be like yeah. doing series on. So the next series we have coming up that we're going to like dive into is Bored to Death. So there's going to be a kind of, uh, t- oh yeah, I forgot about that. Show. Two episode by two episode kind of breakdown of that TV show with guests aplenty kind of coming in to talk about their favorite episodes and hopefully people yeah, nice. 
in front of or behind the camera who worked on that show to kind of talk about their experience and I don't know, maybe get some insight what Jason Schwartzman is like to work with as as, as an actor. I'm, I'm sure he's lovely. He seems lovely. I just can't, I can only imagine him as his character in um, Funny People. <laughs> A real douchebag. He plays. Yeah. <laughs> when they play it too well, it's so hard to separate. Well, I, th- I think since Rushmore, he has played shades of an arsehole and he does it very <laughs> yeah. well. And I think the reason we still love him is the fact that he perpetually looks like a teenage boy. So it's like, ah, yeah, I'll let him slide. Yeah, yeah. And all of these are on your, it's all, all on the same pod feed, right? So I'll link that in the show notes. Everyone can go listen. Everything, everything is under the Caged In banner. You can find me on all the socials. There's no different handles. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, and TikTok, all at Caged In Pod. So it's just as simple as that. Yeah, this is, uh, I like to keep things simple. I've got a new podcast coming up at some point, but... I'll leave that as a little sizzle for people to, uh, Ooh. to yeah, yeah, to to to, to follow. Yeah, <laughs> keep up to date on the socials, and you'll you'll see some nice. You'll see some news for something fun and interesting happening in the future. Awesome. Well, make sure listeners, friends of the show, go check it out because it's good shit. Everything's covered. Um, we know you like Nicholas Cage. <laughs> we know because you listen to this podcast, and so everything's covered over at Cage and Go check it out. And in the meantime, next week. Double Impact, we're getting into Spooky Town. It's uh, Halloween season and we're doing a whole mini-series on the more psychological end of the horror spectrum this time around. Um, and the first cab off the rank will be the Blair Witch Project. Spooky. A spooky time indeed. Um, so we'll see you next week. In the meantime, leave a review. Five stars. And yeah, if it's less than five stars, don't worry. You don't have to leave one. Um, see you next week. So a lot of people are, would would be very interested in a rookie of the year reboot or a sequel, and you I know mean, maybe my son could play that would be really, Henry's son. That, that would, would be, be pretty awesome. That would be amazing. Because I just I see like all the people that grew up at the same age as me, like they show it to their kids now, just like I did, and watching my son's reaction, like I think that'd be amazing. That would be crazy. You would have to have Amy Morton back, yeah. and you could have uh, you know uh, Bruce Altman back and Daniel Stern and. You got your arm back. I mean, maybe not Gary Busey. <laughs> maybe not. Well, you know, Gary Busey might do it. He could be in like a mental institution. Oh, I feel what I'm But no, Gary, he does. He still, he still does stuff. But I mean, like, yeah. No, I he still does stuff. I'm sure, but he's crazy. I've been pitching it for a while, and they were interested, but didn't want to do it right now. And I don't know. I think, I think, uh, you know, for what it's worth, I think if I got enough people behind it, then maybe we'll do it.